So it's the end of the day, Tuesday, January 2nd. The mail has not come to our mailboxes in several days because of the holiday. And so you know it's going to be filled with, with extra mail. And so this past week, I go grab the mail, and I saw several cards from people that didn't get them out on time. And that's okay. That's okay. And then you see, like, the magazines Land's End and Macy's, and they're announcing their New Year's sales. And then you, out of the corner of your eye, you, you see your college alumni association mark. And you know what it is. You know that it's the beginning of the year. And they are sending out that letter, letting you know how much amazing stuff has gone on. And because of your generous gift, they can continue. The purpose of most alumni associations is to keep their alumni connected to what's going on at the school, but also to make sure that they could somehow remain connected to the other alums that live in the area. So one of the alumni associations from which I graduated, this is what it says on their website. The purpose is to build traditions, to foster student and alumni leadership, to serve the diverse needs and interests of our community, and to create opportunities for investment in the future of said institution. In my opinion, Apostle Paul is the goat of alumni directors. <laughs> the greatest of all time. Of all of the churches that he and other disciples like Silas and Timothy and Apollos and John Mark, of all of the churches that they visited, Paul visited the, the church in Ephesus three times. And we know that he actually spent the most time there of any of his other churches when he wasn't in prison. And it says in Acts 19 that he was there two years living amongst the Ephesians. And just as an alumni director focuses to keep their graduates connected to one another and to the institution, institution so too, Paul did this by visiting them and more importantly, writing these letters of encouragement to them. I want you to see a, kind of a map that shows many of these early churches that he was seeking to keep connected. And, and so you can see all the ones that are in the boxes. Those represent these journeys that Paul and his other disciples went on. And Ephesus that we're going to be focusing on, it's, it's on the western end of current day Turkey, right across from Greece. And, and what you can't see there, it's covering it up a little bit, but, but it, it is a very closely located to the coast. And so this would have been a town that had lots of things going through it, include lots of wealth, lots of different types of people. There was lots of different academics and intelligences that were going through this place. There was, there was a lot of cosmopolitan feel. It would be much like Austin. A city where there's a lot of new things all the time, a lot of different people, a lot of new ideas, maybe different than the rest of the area around it. The letter opens as a good alumni letter does, and it just thanks them. It thanks them for all that they have done, and it wants to remind them of just how awesome it is to be a Christian. It reminds them that they, it uses words like this, you have been chosen. And it, then it uses one of my favorite words in all scripture. It says, you are beloved. 
You are these amazing Christians, and I want you to know how important it is. And as we read through this letter, I want you to consider what might this alumni director be saying to us? In what way is it trying to tell us we need to reconnect with our fellow graduates? We need to invest more into our specific institution, which would be the Westlake Hills Presbyterian Church. We're going to pick up today at verse 15. And as we read through this letter, I want you to consider what is it saying for you today. And most of all, I want you to hear this this day. I want you to be so encouraged. I want you to be so encouraged, friends. You are doing it. You are living out your faith. And for that, I give thanks. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we do indeed give you thanks that we just get to do this, that we get to follow you so freely, that we get to talk about the way that you are at work in our world. What a privilege, what an honor, oh God, that your spirit would would dwell within each of us and that today we would be so encouraged. We would be encouraged to continue to live faithfully and to encourage one another in that faith. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Before I read this, I do want to tell you that of the epistles, there are some that we know for sure were written by the Apostle Paul. It's, it's, you know, it's not argued within academic circles, and, and, and those would be books like Romans and Corinthians and Philippians. But this letter, Ephesians, you need to know it is not for sure written by Paul himself. It is more likely that it was written by Paul's apostles. But what you need to know is that what Paul's apostles and what Paul did that no other person in history did is that he maintained this one truth about the gospel of Jesus. And if you could sum up Paul's gospel in one sentence, it would be this. The gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ is for all people. It is for all people. It doesn't matter what your gender is. It does not matter where you live. It does not matter where you came from or where you're going. The gospel of Jesus Christ is for all people. And all of us here today, we know Jesus because of Paul and because of Paul's apostles. We know Jesus because of him. So here is what he says. He says to the church in Ephesus, I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints. And for this reason, I do not cease to give thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him so that with the eyes of your heart enlightened, you may perceive what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints, And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe, according to the work of his great power? God put this power to work in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and and dominion and authority and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. And he has put all things under his feet and has made him the head over all things for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. This is the word of our Lord. 
before the letter gives any constructive criticism, criticism, which it's going to do, as you will see in the coming weeks, it is going to tell the church in Ephesus, as well as the church here, some things that we might need to stop doing and things we need to start doing a little bit better. But before it addresses any concerns, this letter simply affirms the community. I love how absolutely simple the affirmation is. It says, I have heard of your faith in the Lord and how well you are loving people. I don't want to underestimate what this models for us as Christians here at WHPC. We need to be about encouraging and affirming one another. Not the big wow things. Notice that the letter doesn't say, I have heard of how you ended hunger in Ephesus. I have heard of how there is no inequality in Ephesus. Nope. It just says, I have heard of your faith and how you are loving people so well. Now, while I do not know all of your stories, I have heard of your faith in the Lord and of how you have loved people. Every Monday, our staff meets for Monday morning huddle. And we ask at the beginning for anyone on the staff to share where they have seen God at work through this church or in their lives. And I have to tell you over and over and over and over, they talk about you. And I sit in awe of you. How so many of you have adult children who are making decisions you don't understand and you don't agree with. Oh, but you faithfully love them. You faithfully love them without condition because you will fight to be in relationships with them. How so many of you care for your aging parents in ways that I cannot imagine. You literally drop whatever you are doing and fly all over this country to go and be with them. You are a loyal, faithful child how so many of you are the person that everyone in the office comes to talk to for free therapy. Because you are the one. And it is because of Christ in you, you are the one that listens to their grief, to their struggles. So many of you are doing whatever you possibly can to tell your grandchildren about Jesus. I want you to know that I thank my God for you. I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints. And for this reason, I do not cease to give thanks to you as I remember you in my prayers. I find it fascinating that this affirmation, the beginning of this letter, it comes before we read this sentence. So that with the eyes of your heart enlightened, you may perceive what is the hope to which he has called you. You see, I had always read that to mean this, that when Christ is in me, I can have new sight for the world. Christ is the light of the world, and with Christ before, behind, in front, within me, I will perceive the world differently. But y'all, this letter is not to a person. The letter is to a community the Ephesians are affirmed for their communal faith. They are affirmed for how well they're doing it together as a body of Christ. Because of Christ in us, 
We can do this. We can live faithfully. Now, I am so guilty of this, so I'm just going to go ahead and admit that. But you know how so many people are not proud alums until their team is in the playoffs? (laughs) The most avid alums, they're the ones that talk about it every week. They're the ones that watch every game. They keep each other up on what's going on with the team, but also the institution, also the administration, everything in between. They share gear, they share tickets, they plan events, they plan their entire life's events around games. They regularly create this environment around them where it's okay to almost be obnoxious about it because they are loyal fans. They encourage people to be alumni. I wonder how many of us are avid fans of Team Jesus just when it's playoffs. You know what I mean. It's like the big surgery, the big life crisis, the big holiday. We will show up. We will say the appropriate prayers. I'm, I'm so guilty of this. But outside of the playoffs, we really prefer to do our faith thing as an individual. And I want you to know that, that that's not sin. There's no sin in that. But I don't know if that's really being an alumnus. The first chapter of Ephesians reminds us of the importance of being in Christian community just to do faith. And not just that, but the benefit of being in Christian community. Community where people are affirmed for their faith and love, where there's this space to look at the world through Christ's eyes. There's this space where the people around you say, did you notice this? And then you begin to see as Christ saw because the community reminded you of it. The community once together, then so that the eyes of our hearts would be enlightened that we might perceive what is the hope to which he has called us. It is a new year. It is a new opportunity to live life much more fully as a follower of Jesus. This is the year to engage as a Christian alumni, to build traditions, to foster student and alumni leadership, to serve the diverse needs and interests of our community and to create opportunities for investment in the future of the Westlake Hills Presbyterian Church. May it be so in my life and in yours.